Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you know that you serve a God, and I will not leave you stranded. And I will not leave you panting. And I will not leave you hungry. And I will not leave you without help. I'd like you to just thank him. Thank him. Acknowledge that he does all these things for you. That he's a faithful God. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Sometimes we are so caught up in the things that we want that we forget that we serve a faithful God. Sometimes we are so forgetful. So let's just thank him. It's faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So, guys, uh, do you know this um, shepherd of my soul? I give you full control.
Hallelujah. That song is profound. And it's been around a while. But I think sometimes we need to get the revelation of certain songs. Um, especially in the times we are in. Uh, because we think that um, God is our shepherd only when things are good for us. I don't know when this song was written. But they were already saying that even though I'm facing mighty mountains or I'm going through valleys, you are still my shepherd. You are still my shepherd. So sometimes it's not because you are doing anything wrong per se. And sometimes it's actually because you are probably doing something. You are out of the will of God. But God is merciful. He's not putting you to one side until you get yourself. He's still your shepherd. That, 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 that should be our reality. That should be our mindset when we go through life. Praise God. So please help me worship God. Just thank him. Just put your hands together as you take your seat. Knowing that God is your shepherd regardless. Hallelujah. So, good morning. Welcome to Second Service. Help me welcome someone here as you're sitting as well. God is faithful. God is faithful. Faithfulness is his, his character. It's not just what he does. He does faithful things because he's a faithful God. Do you understand? He, God does faithful things because he's a faithful God. Amen. And I pray... Um, I didn't really get to catch my breath from first service because I thought I would go outside, probably sit in the car, just probably hear more, I guess. And then people started coming. Uh, because I, typically when I share testimonies, especially when I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going back to a particular testimony I've shared before. There's always this thing, and it's flesh. It's not spirit, trust me. That's like, ah, you've shared this testimony before now. And then every single time, somebody will come. I say, that blessed me. So I will continue sharing. That's the whole point. It, It will never end, because this is true to me. This is God at work in me. Praise God. So, I'm encouraged. And first service was good. Um, I was blessed. Even though I was one that preached, I was, I was blessed. So, I still need to go and listen to it. Praise God. So, um, you will do well to, to listen. Um, especially because a lot of it, now this is how it works. Um, so that when you become pastors and you need to prepare your sermon. So, this is how it works. So, yes, you are, you prepare with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, you prepare your sermon, yes? Um, but more often than not, if you would allow, there is a noun word that somebody draws in the moment. So, was it God? that gave you the message that you prepared? Yes. 
So let me explain. So Jesus was going to heal Jairus' daughter. So the sermon was, I go to heal somebody's daughter. Abby? The service has started. In case you are waiting. Nobody's going to ring a bell. Well, well, we started. We started, all right? The sermon, let me say. So, he was going, and that was the message. That was the sermon. Now, as he was going, there was a woman with the issue of blood that came and disrupted the sermon. Did you get that? Such that there needed to be a noun word for that situation before he continued into the sermon. So, when you start to preach your sermons, leave room for a noun word. Do you understand? So, first service, I believe, was drawn out and became a noun word. Okay? Alright, so second service, and I told them first that second service would be a bit different. So now this is second service. So let's go. Alright, um, so Psalm 23. Uh, we've been doing still waters, and today is the last day um, of this series. So um, I will refer to things we've already talked about or talked about, and then we'll also touch on some a couple of new things. Alright, so let's read uh, Psalm 23 together. One, two, go. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup running over. Surely, goodness and mercy, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I heard somebody say, and I shall. I shall. You know, that person wasn't really reading. He was saying it from their memory. Abby? And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then you add amen. So that person also probably said amen. Abby? All right. Um, so, looking like this, we see David talking about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, Abby. And then he leads me beside still waters. Um, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Um, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, God is still with me. That's why he's saying God is still leading me through it. Because sometimes we think that... Um, Sometimes we assume that because maybe by, how do we say that prayer? Sins of omission, commission, division, multiplication. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we think that our sin or our misbehaviors separate us or redefine us from God being the shepherd, and we being the sheep. But David here was saying that the focus is God leads. 
and he leads and he leads. Amen. Your present circumstance or your present situation will not change the fact that God is the shepherd. Your present predicament or your present misbehavior doesn't make you any less his sheep. The sooner you come to that realization, that understanding, that revelation, the better for you because it will keep you on an even kill. You won't keep going up and down and then up and down in your confidence as to who's leading you. Praise God. Because that's what happens with a lot of us. So you missed it, yes. But that doesn't mean God has abandoned you. He's still leading you. Praise God. Alright, so you need to realize that at all times, God leads me. At every single junction or point in my life, I am led of God. When you start to have an awareness of that, you will panic less. And your confidence in God will increase. And a lot of this our work with God is hinged on our confidence in who called us. Praise God. Do you understand what I just said? So let me, I'm trying to, um, so because like I said, this is a recap and then, okay, what can I do with this information? The Lord is my shepherd, still waters. What, what should I do with this? So that's what this is about. We already know that primarily God will lead you by your inward witness. Pastor K has talked about those things, Abby. Were we in church? Okay, inward witness, sometimes, um, a lot of times it will come as a desire. But usually it's because God placed that desire in you. Abby, were we there? Okay. So we've established that. We've established the fact that a lot of times, or more, I don't know how many people here will actually hear a voice from heaven for you to take steps as what you, whatever it is you need to do. It might never happen. But it doesn't mean that you are any less led by God than the person who hears the voice. Okay? Yes? All right. And I said in first service that um, if you look at Nehemiah, Nehemiah is a book in the Bible, okay? Nehemiah, it was never recorded that he heard God. But God, in his wisdom, still saw it fit for him to feature in the Bible and have an entire book. So don't feel a particular kind of way if God does not call you by name or if they don't call your number. Doesn't mean you are any less led by God. Praise God. So that needed to be said just for that person that is waiting for an extraordinary encounter. Sometimes in seeking for extraordinary encounters, we dig ourselves into pits that will take time. So that's usually the consequence of inaction, disobedience, and all of those things. The consequence is time. You will waste time. So God wants to take you to a promised land, but 
disobedience in action, you trying to help God, because for some of us, God is not moving fast enough. So you want to help. Like, let's help you. It's like you need help, God. So you try to help God, and the consequence of that is that you have wasted time. But God still has a purpose. He has a plan. So he still wants to take you to an end, but you have deviated. So they said the um, Israelites that the journey to the promised land was supposed to take 40 days. Abby, for those of us that have read or heard about it or studied it, but I ended up taking 40 years. So you see what I mean by consequence of time. So yes, God is patient, and I keep saying it. God is patient, but for me, that's a warning. Because some, some people will think, oh, God is patient. That's the good thing. Yes, it's a good thing because ultimately you will get to the end. But it's when? Will you still have the strength to enjoy the goodness of the land when you get there eventually? So let's be mindful of that. All right? God is patient. It's a warning. Let's not be against our nature, which is supposed to be sheep of the good shepherd. When we start to act like goats, then we lose time. It's a consequence. All right? Okay. Hopefully we are building up to something. All right. So, um, I, I talked about this also in first service. The fact that um, Tuesday... That's the 25th. Marks a year from when I had a stroke. And God is faithful. Praise God. Amen. And, and God is faithful. But I think a lot of it is also dependent on us. And that's why I said a lot of it rests on our confidence in who God is. God is a constant It is your confidence in a constant God that helps you stand up and say that I will not stay here. Do you understand? Like, God will not do anything extra on your behalf just because it's you. Because he has done everything that needs to be done. Does that make sense to you? Because when Jesus died and he said it is finished, it was finished he say, oh, 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 there's still a stroke that you didn't solve the problem. We are, come, 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 Jesus, climb, we are, climb, climb, climb. We are, hold him, tie him, and nail him. He didn't need to die again. So when he said, it is finished, it is finished. So, the problem is not on the shepherd's side. That's what I'm saying. So, we as sheep, what do we need to know? And how do we need to act to get the fullness? So, the Bible, Jesus talked about the one sheep that God uh, lost and the good shepherd living in 99 to go and look for the one. Abi? So, the good shepherd is constant. The 99 that were okay, they were still okay. The one shepherd, the one sheep, sorry, 
that missed it and went astray. It's the problem. I'm, I'm trying to help us see that the problem is not with God. It's usually on our own side. Praise God. Either we are not tapping into... So God is saying go this way and you are going that way and then you are wondering why you are not getting the benefits of following God. God is saying stay and you are going and then you are not wondering why you are not getting the benefits of following God. Do you understand what I'm saying now? God is saying don't do this and then you do it and you are wondering because there will be consequences sometimes. Alright? And you are wondering why is there any benefit in this thing that we say we are following God? Well, you are not being good sheep. The problem was never with the shepherd. Praise God. So that when um, the stroke happened and all of that, and it was it was it wasn't that day. It wasn't when it happened. That I remember that there was a God. I had built a history with God leading me to that point, both from my own stories and from borrowed stories. Praise God. Did you get that? Both, so it's not just, oh, Lord, you did this for me um, in school. You did this for me when we were getting married. You did this for me when, we, when I was wanted to go for my master's. There was all of that and there was more. Because, there, like I said, there is no copyright in the spirit. I can take your testimony and blow it. Make it even bigger than whatever it is you experienced. That's how these things work. And I shared it in first service. I'm not sure I should even repeat that. Go and listen to first service. How I shared my own testimony and somebody else just took it to annoying levels. Where they are now in the US, they are now this, they bought a house. They bought, on top that me, I just went to school and came back. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, my confidence in God was built on the things I had handled and experienced and the things I had heard. Oh, <laughs> for some weird reason. As in, <laughs> for the weirdest reason. I was not getting calls. Ah, my uncle had a stroke. And he died. My brother or my friend had a stroke. And they didn't recover. At the same time, I was still on the hospital bed. This person died. This person has not recovered. This person has gone seven years in. And they've not recovered. Oh, you will hear stuff. Contrary to what you are trying to believe God for. But once again, the problem is not with the shepherd. He has done what needs to be done. It is now a case of whose report will you believe. Because the man who needs to do what he needs to do has done what he needs to what needs to be done. Do you understand that? It's not on him anymore. It was so bad, and I think I've said this before, that I have somebody that I love so much, dear to my heart. I banned her from coming to see me. 
And like your husband can come, but you stay in your house. Because I needed to be mindful of what I allowed in. <laughs> this person is expressive. It is from the gate that I will know that she has arrived. Because the, there was every likelihood that she'll be rolling from the gate. Madam, wait now. Madam, stop now. Till she <laughs> gets into the hospital room. So like she can't you can't come. Let your husband come. Everything that needed to be done by the shepherd, he has done. But the sheep has to guard his heart. So every instruction that you will see in the Bible, see it as sheep. I'm just in this context, okay? Guard your heart with all diligence. <laughs> because some people will come. Why, why would Jesus send all those people out of the room when the little girl had died? It's the same thing. Let's be mindful of the things that will enter at this crucial point in our lives. Amen. And I had to call her and explain to her that she can't come. You will be seen later. <laughs> and even at that time, because some things happen where if you have mouth to talk, that you'll be looking for the five scriptures on healing that you know. Or it's if your brain allows you to even process well enough that you can be remembering 20 scriptures on healing. Or that chant that you pray with. The only scripture that I could hold on to, the only scripture that could come at that time, the only scripture that I could articulate, <laughs> if that's even articulating, it sounded good in my ears, but I'm sure I was speaking nonsense. One scripture. Whatsoever is one of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that we have, or this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's all. Over and over and over and over and over again. Now, for the uninitiated it's like jazz. You think is the power is in the words. That if I can't speak and I can't invoke the words, then this thing will work. It's in the confidence. Do you understand? The confidence that, Lord, you have seen me through things before now. You have seen other people through different situations and circumstances. You have healed people that I've heard about. You have healed people that I've seen. You have healed me. That is the confidence. Not the words, so, so to speak. I don't know if I'm making sense. Though. If you've not built confidence, so when they say that if... Um, you fail in the day of adversity, your strength is it's not because it's not if you've built a word base. See, 
lawyers, by training, they have to cram. Am I correct? Doctors, by training, at least while they are in medical school, or while they are in law school, going through law school and all that, you have to cram. So, it goes to show, or if you are going to infer from that, you will say that doctors and lawyers should be the most blessed and the most favored of God because they have more word. Because they are able to cram more. Abby, does that make sense to you? I mean, I always know that in law school and for doctors, they have to cram bones and things and things. Do we know that? So, why are they not the more blessed? Because it's not in cramming. Because it's, for some people, if I call you now and I say, okay, the latest song or whatever it is, come and sing it here. You will sing it word for word. Abi? Abi now. You know now. You don't say yes. So it's not hard for some people to memorize, but the power is not in memorization. The power is in confidence in the God, in the source of all power. So that the day that you can't speak for whatever reason, you are still getting the results you need. Praise God. I hope we got that one on. Because I, I cannot guarantee what will happen to you five years from now, three years from now. But if between now and then you build your confidence in this God, I can boast of your results. It will be good. Praise God. All right. So, and I, I, I also, something struck me as well. Um, David, the person that wrote this Psalm 23 that we are talking about, he was probably one of the most troubled men in the Bible. Am I correct? David went through stuff. Different things. His son tried to take over the throne, tried to kill him. So, from the beginning, even before even he was there minding his business, loving the Lord, they brought him to the palace. And then Saul tried to kill him more than once. Abby, just by himself, his son tried to kill him and take over the throne. What else happened to him? He faced many battles, many wars, different things. And he was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Maybe if somebody else wrote it, it should make sense. But David, that we know. And that's how people will be looking at you. And be saying, ah, is this not the person that went through this and this and this? Why is he still saying God is faithful? Because that's what this is. Why is he still able to say that all things work together for my good? Because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. And I'm walking in that purpose. So you see that it wasn't because of what he was going through that he was writing what he was writing. Abby? Do you understand what I'm saying? David was writing from a place of being rather than a place of having. He knew what it meant for God to be his shepherd and for him to be sheep. 
that had nothing to do with his current circumstance. That's what I'm trying to say. Praise God. All right. Um, so let's. Okay. So, like I said, a lot of times, still waters, God provide, protect, deliver. Those are all the things that were said in Psalm 23, okay? Um, deliver, lead me, give me direction, and all that. A lot of these things. Now, all these people that wrote these things, David and all the other stories we know about in the Bible, they did not have the hindsight of the written word of God. So, all of what they were doing was based on their current experience with God and how they were living life with a consciousness that there is a God. I hope I'm making sense. You guys are sleeping on me. It's fine. That's why we record these things. So that when you wake up, I'm like, what did he say again? And buy the CD, write the CD, go and download. All right? All of these things came from their current reality. In other words, David didn't know that there was going to be a Psalm 23 written about him. Do you understand? Now, we, in this age, we have the benefit of the written word of God. So we've seen the beginning and the end of a lot of the stories. I love David's story. I'm sorry, Joseph's story so much. I'm always referring to it and I always keep referring to it. So for Joseph, Joseph was taken by his brother, sold into slavery, um, lied on, put in prison, and all of those things that happened to him. And for Joseph, his testimony would be that God delivered me from prison. I didn't, he didn't just do that. He made me prime minister over Egypt. But we, having the benefit of all of that history, know that it was much more than that. Am I correct? So we're able to now see that, oh, yes, he delivered his family from hunger. That's good. But God was setting up the stage or the scene to create Israel. So the plans of God are much bigger than whatever you are going through today. So if you don't have that awareness that this shepherd is always good, you will think that what you are going through today is the end of the story. Praise God. You won't have the foresight, you won't have the sense of sight to be able to say that this same God that did Joseph and didn't just end the story with Joseph but created Israel out of this. This same God that, that brought me when I had nothing and helped me to do this or healed me when this happened or that happened. You won't be able to say that there is an end to this current predicament. That's why I want us to be mindful don't dwell on your current situation. Know that there is a good shepherd that is going to do you well at the end of the day. Praise God. Okay, so just to help with that, let's look at the story of um, Esther. Sorry, not, well, Mordecai in Esther. Okay, so we're looking at Mordecai, Mordecai so in the book of Esther. So I'll just do like a short summary of each chapter. I think in chapter 2, um, I might be wrong, but I think in chapter 2, um, Mordecai insulted or offended, offended uh, Haman, 
I think it's chapter 2. No. And then in maybe chapter 3, I might be wrong also, do your own Bible study. I know I wrote it down, but I'm, I'm trying to move fast, okay? Chapter 3. Um, what was it called? Mordecai heard about a coup that was going to happen. So there were two guys, so they said it was by the gates, and he had two guys planning to kill the king. I'm trying to help you see how God works. Okay? Helps the king not to be killed. That's good, Abby. And they said they wrote it down. And then later on, because he had offended Haman, Haman was now trying to wipe out the whole of Israel or the Jews. Okay? And then, they brought Esther into the palace. This is going so well so that you understand the kind of God you are dealing with. They brought Esther into the palace. He finds out that they want to kill all the Jews. He goes to meet the person they put in the palace. Go and see the king. Now, she goes to see the king. I might die, I might not die, and all of that story. She goes to see the king. The king stretches out his uh, scepter towards her. So that means she was received. And then she hosts them. Then, the Bible says that the king could not sleep. And because he could not sleep, you know, (laughs) you, you can't sleep, you are putting on Netflix. Somebody else on your behalf can't sleep and is thinking of who to bless. So the king is like, bring the books because I don't know, I can't sleep. So they brought the books. Now, in all of this, so, because they didn't say God said, you might miss God in all of this. So he looked at the books. I'm like, ah, this guy saved me from a coup. What has been done for this man? Do you see where this is going? And then the person that was going to kill them now prescribed the blessings and the reward for the person who was going to kill. To the point where, at the end of the day, the same things that were set up to kill... Somebody is going to get excited now. Same thing that was set up to kill Mordecai and Mordecai. I keep saying Mordecai. Mordecai and his people was the same thing that was used to destroy the person that was planning the destruction. While at the same time elevating Mordecai. So, while you are trying to help God, he's trying to bless you, elevate you, promote you, while at the same time dealing with your enemies. But, you would not, like the Bible says. Because you cannot be patient enough to see God work it out to the end. You can't plan this. Do you understand what I'm saying? When God wants to do it, 
by the time you are patient enough to see to the end, you realize I could not have planned this. While he's elevating me, he's put, bringing destruction to the enemies. While he's preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies, he's still setting them up for downfall. Praise God. He literally, there was a table set. If you read that story. Literally, his table was set. And there was elevation. And at the same so when God wants to treat your matter, go and rest. When your file reaches his table, in quotes, stop trying to help him. Because you can't plan it. You can't make it any better than he's going to do it. So we need to learn patience. We need to learn patience. That's a primary thing when we are talking about being led by God, being led by still waters and all of that. Patience is key. Praise God. And I shared this with them in, I'll round up with this just very quickly. I shared this with them in first service as well. Hebrews 11. So, hopefully, we'll get it. I kept having to say, you do understand, especially in your first service. Somebody had to come and tell me that. We understood. We really understood. And that's why I'm trying to like not say that a lot now. Because <laughs> that's the problem with talk, listening to people in between. Any, um, Hebrews 11, please. Can we have... Project? Okay, thank you. Alright, let's just do verse 1 to... I think, you remember the one, so I think one two and five or something like that. Alright, so now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. For by it let's read it together. One to go for by Okay. So we stop there for a bit. For by it, by what? Faith, Abby? Okay. Now let's look for the first person. I think it was Enoch. Well, Cain and Abel. Let's go to Enoch. Um, it says, let's read together. I want to go. Because God had translated him. Okay, let's stop there. So it says, for by it, for by faith, Abby, Enoch was translated. So if you were just going to read this the way it was written, you will think that by faith in the fact that he will not see death. Am I making sense? Like, Enoch believed that he will not see death, so he did not seek death. So, that's what we read here. Let's see somebody else. By faith, Noah. So, Noah, um, by faith, he builds an ark and then he was not destroyed with the rest of the world. Abby? That's what we would think. But let's go back to that, um, to Enoch. He says, by faith Enoch was translated. And then this testimony was that he pleased God. Now, the faith was not in the fact that he would not see death. I just, this one I got yesterday, so it's still fresh. The faith was not in the fact that he would not see death. The faith was in God. His, his trust was in God so that the reward of him trusting in God was that he did not see death. Did you understand that? So, 
Enoch was not waking up every morning confessing, ah, I will not see death in the name of Jesus. There was no Jesus then. But I will not see death. I will not see death. I have faith that I will not see death. Do you see what I'm trying to say? His faith was in God and God rewarded him by him not seeing death. Noah loved God and he had faith in God. So the reward was that God selected him to build the ark. Your faith should be in God, not in your prayer request. Now your prayer request will come as a reward of your faith in God. I hope we got that. So that it now says, let's go back to verse 2. For by it, by faith in God, the elders obtained something worthy to be talked about. So, can we say the same for you at the end of your life? That because of your faith in God, we have something to talk about. I know that the Bible, I mean, the Bible has, you can't add to the Bible right now, eh? Revelations and that's the end. Okay? But, there are still things about you and about your life and about your work with God, about your faith in God, that will be worthy to be talked about. Whether there is a Bible or not. Am I making sense? So that when we say that you're a man of faith, it's not because you believe God for a car. It's not because you believe God for a house. It's not because you believe God for a child. But we will see that because you believe God for God and you trusted in God, God now rewarded you with these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these other things will be added. But we have flipped it such that we, all our testimonies are based on the fact that I believe God for a house. I believe God to get married. I believe God for a car. And I think God is saying, you are missing it. I think so. I think God is saying, believe me for me. Love me for me. Don't worry about the car. Don't worry about the house. Because if you are believing God for all these things and you get all those things, unless you have another bigger challenge or bigger faith project, then there's nothing to believe or trust in God for again. Then God becomes that thing that you used to believe in when you had nothing. Praise God. So I really want you to go and look at that Hebrews. In fact, that was one of the things that somebody came to me and like, ah, I really need to go back to that Hebrews. Because for me, it, 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 it hit me. It hit me that way. That all of these things that we think are the things that made these people, they are not really it. They were just a reward of those people believing and trusting in God and loving God. Praise God. I hope we got that one. Okay, so please do, do that study. Um, I don't know if I will come up here to do to, because I literally just got here yesterday and in fact, I didn't even finish out. I, I was so excited. <laughs> so, go and do your own study. I'll give you starting points. So, 
take it and run with it. Praise God. Because I believe that it will, this will help you change your perspective about who you are and then who God is. We keep saying that thing. God is not that thing that you also use as a tool. But sometimes we still miss it. In our, when you hear the testimony, you know really what the person was chasing. So we need, actually need God chase us. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, so let's bring that to an end. Father, we give you praise. Let's just pray. Let's pray, pray, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you are the source. You are the giver. You are the shepherd. You cannot do wrong. We know that we are the ones that need to adjust in our thinking, in our perception, in our perspective. We are the ones that need to change. We are the ones that need to adjust. Because you are true, always. You are faithful, always. It is who you are. Therefore, it is what you do. So we give you praise for it. We ask that you will help us. Help us to be true to you, to be faithful to you, to to be full of faith in you and not necessarily in the things we are looking to you for. We give you all the praise. Uh, Let's give somebody an opportunity in the house. You are not born again. You want to know Jesus. Um, You want to put your faith in something other than that thing that you want that will lose value over time. You want to put your faith in an eternal God that will not stop, not cease blessing you, not cease looking after you or giving you direction. And just lift your hand above your head. Let me pray with you. You want a God that you, are, you have confidence in. Because everything you have right now, they have the possibility of failing. Whatever it is you think you have put your hope in up to this point, it will fail you. It is God who never fails. So if you are not born again, just lift your hand above your head. Let me pray with you. Lead you to him. Bring you to him. Do we have anybody? Do we have anybody? Lord, we give you praise. Can we celebrate Jesus? Hallelujah. But please make sure you do that study on Hebrews 11. It will bless you to change your mind about a lot of things. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate God?